Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. media agency proudly presenting Camp Punksylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! Hello there, I I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription-only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber-generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up. You're listening to Headliners, the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. On this episode of Headliners, joining me to talk about their new album, Mulholland Overdrive. You have heard their music on Ozark, Supergirl, Walker, Shameless, The Good Lord Bird, and 68 Whiskey. Please welcome the Ragged Jubilee. Hello, guys. Hello. Right on. Good to be here. Thank you for thank you for being here. Uh, so so tell me about uh, Mulholland Overdrive. Yeah, are like uh, maybe not. Uh, no. Uh, uh, well, Mulholland Overdrive. We actually recorded it uh, in December of 2020. Uh, so you know we've we've had this album for a while. There were uh, a few snags along the way, but uh, it's we, been a labor of love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but we recorded it uh, with Rob Campanella, 
uh, at his studio, uh, Figment. And uh, yeah, we're just excited to finally uh, release it and uh, and have people listen to it for sure. Nice. So if you could uh, collaborate with any musician, living or dead, who would it be? Ethan. All right. So dead MF Doom, living Jimmy Page. All right. I like it. That's pretty concise. My answer. What about you guys? Go ahead. Uh, Well, (laughs) I'd say I'd like to work. uh... (laughs) Sorry. No, you you go ahead. No, I don't have an answer. You don't have an answer. Well, I mean, anyone. I mean, I like collaborating with these guys. He's such a, such a jerk off answer. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think uh, working with like uh, you know Dan Arbach uh, would be cool. Um, yeah, yeah, something like that. So describe Mulholland Overdrive using only one word. Uh, is the word overdrive cheating? I'll allow it. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> That's my word then uh moholland <laughs> no no that's cheating <laughs> uh, I, I would describe it as heavy heavy yeah yeah, yeah. i was gonna say that he'll <laughs> <laughs> tag on that one <laughs> i who who is an artist that uh if if they dropped into this zoom right now and said i need you guys to go on tour with me right now who are we dropping everything for i think that there's not a lot of people that we, we wouldn't, wouldn't. <laughs> we'd be like yeah let's do it we just love playing you know and uh we love playing live and i think to to drop everything is kind of our goal is yeah. to drop everything and just to go on the road and, and play but i think um i don't know like uh black angels would be great uh um oh gosh look at dave Grohl was like hey you guys want to play yeah, anything. We'd be like, yeah, okay. Anything Dave Grohl is doing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jack White, Black Keys, Queens of the Stone Age, Queens of the Stone Age, Them yeah, Crooked Vultures, yeah, 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 for sure. So, uh, if you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Probably the social media aspect of it right now for me. I don't know. It just it's too all over the place and uh, hard to keep up with, in my opinion. I uh, I really enjoy playing live, and it seems like live music isn't what it used to be. I mean, even in the time that I've been playing music, uh, in the small town we're in, the scene has changed so much, and uh, I think there's less of a an impact you have playing live, or for a lot of bands, playing live has gone out the window. So I, I think, yeah, the live music aspect of it. Yeah, a lot of people now are kind of just like making music in their bedrooms and then like that's all they do which is great you yeah, know like it, it, yeah yeah I, I mean it's it's shit that i do too you know just like making music and and uh you know not really like touring around on it but but yeah that they're kind of miss that like whole live aspect of it and kind of um letting the music really like speak for itself rather like going back to your point of like the whole like social media you've got to be a, like a marketing like expert now to really like uh make a dent and uh and like followers or fans and stuff so well i think uh, i think yeah to their point everything's so curated and calculated and so like the way that it's the way that a lot of music especially pop music is being created right now is very like 
trying to tick certain boxes. Yeah, and it, it just kind of makes it seem uh, fake or like you know, just just really curated, you know, instead of uh, like coming trying, from the heart. It's like trying to be something it's not. Exactly. Whether and not letting like the creativity and the actual original parts of that person's personality come through the music and things like that. Yeah. I uh, like yeah. I think, yeah, this, this self-awareness of everything too, I guess that comes with the social media as well. Uh, of just like knowing where you're at right now and trying to, I don't know, trying to do something, being self-aware of that. Even if for like bigger artists and stuff, you have to be aware of what you're doing at all times, or, you know, you could really screw up really easily yeah and everyone would know yeah whereas like back in the day you could you might be able to do something you know i think austin's afraid of being canceled yeah i don't want to be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> i don't do anything I worthy but uh, i'm just saying that it just takes away the mystery of things you know like yeah, yeah. you know what do they say never meet your heroes they do say that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That is, I don't know if that, 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 is, that, is that <laughs> <laughs> So what's a venue that uh, you guys would give anything to play? The Grand Ole Opry for me, or oh, Royal nice. Albert Hall would be another one. Those would be two for me. That's a good one. You guys think? Uh, well, like Little Goals, I really want to play the Independent in San yeah. Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, the I, Fox I, Theater would also Fox be Theater would be great. Yeah, you know, totally. Yeah, uh, Conan O'Brien Studio, wherever wherever that is, wherever he is, wherever he is, <laughs> whatever <laughs> venue he wants to open up, anything he does. Those are those are all answers that I I have actually never gotten on the show before. Right. So so well done. All right. <laughs> usually usually the popular answer is uh, Red Rocks. Oh, oh, wow. oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good answer. Oh, that'd be cool. That's a real good answer. Yeah. We <laughs> I once, was going to say Madison Square Garden. We we <laughs> once had somebody tell us, like, I see you guys selling out Madison Square Garden two nights in a row. Dude, I'm going to blast him out. His name was Neil Jacobs. <laughs> he was full of shit. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right. All right. Throwing people under the bus. <laughs> the world when needs to it, know. Put a ticket. We'll put a ticket free for him. Yeah, <laughs> like, you were right, Neil. I, what do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? I feel like obsession is probably the the thing. You know, you'll play a song thirty times in a row while you're writing it, and then it's almost like uh, you'll rehearse it so much to yourself, or at least for me, before I bring it to the band. That sometimes it's like, by the time it gets to the band, I'm like, wait, what? What was my intention here? Mm. You know, mm -hmm. like uh. You'll, I don't know, you'll lose some of the shine because it's not, once you practice it that much or like once you like have calculated it all like that, there's not a lot of room for it in your mind to change. And so, yeah, I feel like obsessions is probably my worst habit. I think uh, along those lines, when a song gets to us, I think tinkering with it endlessly. I mean, I think we still play old songs that I'm like, oh, you know what would be cool here? Let's try to do this part. and. It'll just, it'll be fun to try, but I think it's just too much. You should just let the song be. Sure. Some, sometimes, sometimes, but sometimes that's really cool though. Like, you know, a song that we've had for 
you know 10 years or something and we you know we come up with like new little breaks or new new parts or jam parts and uh and then it makes it cool going back to the live you know aspect of it. it it's cool when you know the song and then you hear it live and you're like whoa that was different that was cool i mean that makes like the live experience uh even better i think so sometimes I think that that can be like a good thing, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's kind of like that interview question when they're like, what's your, uh, you know, what are your three, uh, you know, worst qualities, worst qualities. Yeah. Well, per <laughs> you know, perfection, making sure everything <laughs> sounds exactly the way it should. No. I care too much. Yeah. <laughs> Describe your music using only colors and shapes. A golden pyramid. Fair. He had that. Yeah, I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have no idea uh a black pyramid okay. <laughs> yeah yeah so what i what is a song off maholland overdrive uh that you guys feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack we have a song called space cowboy that i think would be rad to get into whatever quentin tarantino is working on i feel uh, like it would fit his vibe that would be cool yeah oh. i can see that um I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, there's a song called Forever Be and uh, Love Junkie. Those are two different songs off this album. And uh, I feel like those songs would be uh, could be cool in a movie or a TV show. Absolutely. I think Placebo would be kind of cool because it starts off slow, you know. Mm -hmm. I could see a scene being worked around that part of it. Then it kind of speeds up during the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, next question is kind of a choose your own adventure type deal. Uh, I've got three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews. And uh, I'll let you guys pick the ones that uh, you would like to answer. So your choices are who are your influences? What got you started in music? Or what is your creative process like? What got me started in music was listening to the blues uh, growing up. like. My dad was always listening to, you know, Buddy Guy, Sunhouse, Freddie King, uh, just blues, man. Uh, I always wanted to, like, kind of recreate that sound or, like, you know, I don't know. It was just so, so cool sonically and so different from everything else that was happening, you know, it's early 90s. So, you know, you're hearing, like, Creed and then blues music. So, like, obviously, blues music is much better than Creed, you know, <laughs> no offense to Scott Stapp or whoever. But uh, yeah, uh, the blues, just listen to the blues. That's, that's what got me into it. Yeah. I was uh, in choir uh, in high school and we did a Europe uh, like trip and we sang in a cathedral in Italy. And I remember when we finished a really beautiful arrangement, uh, we ended on the note and like, lightning or thunder struck and we heard it in the building and i just remember that moment of uh just all of us were kind of in awe and just that feeling that we did something beautiful together um so like that's what kind of what made me want to play music with other people like it drives that you know i want to i want to create something that we did together that we can just sit back and kind of go wow we we just accomplished that together and then just the space of that moment too um i try to try to look for that in whatever i'm doing and that, that i think that got me into you know the feeling of music a little bit more yeah 
I think uh, as far as like influences go, I think what kind of makes our band maybe a little more interesting uh, than some some other bands is that uh, we all have uh, crazy different uh, uh, musical influences. Um, like you know, like he was saying, you know, he you know blues grew up with like the blues and stuff and uh lyrically like david bazan uh uh for me kind of inspired me to start writing music um and then as far as like bass goes uh like geezer butler uh like his style uh and and i guess a little bit of my brother uh as well but uh yeah as far as musical influences go um yeah that would be some of mine yeah, that, I, I picked a different question. I, I noticed that. <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah. Is that cool? I mean, that was yeah, was yeah, that absolutely. Loud? Yeah, that's I fine. Think maybe getting in my getting high in my car and listening to music also made me. You want to play music? Yeah, I want to play music a little bit. Like more. I could see myself doing that. Yeah. yeah, a couple of days ago. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was uh, two days ago. <laughs> like I really want to continue doing this. <laughs> Um, do you guys consider yourselves artists or entertainers? I mean, I can't speak for them as cliche as it sounds. I, I consider myself to be an artist between those two. Uh, sometimes I consider myself to be a fraud. <clears throat> it just depends on the day. Yeah, I think I think for the most part, artists. But, you know, I think there's a time and place for entertainer. You know, uh, I mean, I think when you're on stage, like, you know, the whole and you're, and you're playing in front of people yeah absolutely you want to share your art you know it's a, that's definitely part of it and that's who you are you know but you're also uh you know you want to make it uh, a bit entertaining you know um so i think that there's a time and place for both of those aspects what do you consider yourself i would like to consider myself an artist i don't think i'd be as bold to like if someone asked me on the street like well, what do you do i'm an artist you know mm -hmm. I, I feel like that would be a little pretentious but uh, I like to think uh, I'm an artist in at heart uh, uh, regarding music, at least. Yeah. When you're stripping, you're an entertainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just without stripping. What do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? Uh, that we all have giant hogs. <laughs> like motor, like motorcycles. We all have like it's usually cars that we. <laughs> I think it's that uh, you're like that you crave attention. You know, I, I feel like people think, oh, you play music. So you must want to be a rock star. It, it, it's not like that at all. I play music because I love it. I'm like driven to do it. It has nothing to do with like attention or self-satisfaction or really even anyone knowing about it. Like it's great to play music in front of people, but getting to make something is the point. You know, like getting to express your creativity in any fashion but especially getting to make music is is what it's about so like if you didn't play music in front of people you would still write music exactly yeah 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 i see that for sure uh endless self-promotion i think that that is one thing for me that people find odd because i'm not uh especially at my job People were like, oh, why didn't you tell me you were playing? And I was like, because I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I don't I mean, I, I do care. I do care. But I don't really love to self-promote myself. And if I'd rather them just hear about it and be like, oh, that looks interesting or something like that. And that's how I am with with most people. I'm I'm not 
that's one thing I didn't really love about LA that much uh, is everybody's kind of into just promoting themselves and what they're doing and things like that. So yeah, I try not to do that. I said my answer already. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the moment in your career that you're most proud of. Mm, that's a good question. Do you, do you have an answer for that? I feel people? like I hope that I haven't gotten there yet, but every time you make a record and you're done with it and it comes out, that's a proud moment. And that's, you know, it's like I'll look at the guys and be like, wow, we really did something here. You know, like you created this thing out of thin air. You recorded it. You, you know, this this specific one, Mahal and Overdrive, took us almost two years to do. So it's it's I feel like that's a really proud moment when it's finally done and you go, all right, we did this thing, you know. Uh, yeah. And because, <clears throat> you know, every album you know, you, you strive to do to make the best album that you've made, you know? So in our opinion, our, whatever our newest album is, is our best album that we've ever played uh, or that we've ever made. And so, yeah, I think each time we release a, a new album, that is probably our proudest moment so far, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Oh. Uh, I, I think it's every time we finish a song without messing up, that's my <laughs> proudest moment. I look around and I go, yeah. yeah. Every time. Every time. <laughs> it's the little things. Yeah. yeah. If you could uh, start your careers over from the minute that you decided to pursue music, would you do anything differently? I feel like I would try to enjoy those moments in between more. But for the most part, I think I'd do the same thing. Uh, but I would just try to have, you know, try to be more aware that, like, oh, wow, this is a really special moment you know just be more present and yeah. appreciative of yeah the process along the way yeah and to that point i think you know all of the you know quote-unquote like mistakes or things that you would have done differently all and then uh you know that makes you who you are you know and then like that may you know whatever whatever th things that we've done that we could have or maybe should have done differently it, it made us who we are today and i think that where we are now i think we're all pretty proud of so i think changing uh changing something might change that you know um so yeah i don't i don't i think i think i think i think that's a great point just to be more present in it and not just be like oh why aren't we why aren't we making it why aren't we yeah i mean like when you when you're when you're struggling along that's really all you can see is what's happening to you as opposed to the experience as a whole yeah broken promises <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah think along that those lines uh having uh having less ego in it i think um like det detaching that part of myself with what i'm doing uh would have helped me because i feel like when my ego is kind of attached to things my feelings get hurt or you know, something doesn't happen right. And I'm really messed up about it. Um, whereas now I feel like I've, I've tried to like detach myself from that, that side of me, especially when it comes to our band and, and the music. And I just try to show up and do what I can in that moment. And then whatever happens from there, I can just let it go, you know, and not let it ruin my day. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're growing, dude. 
Thanks. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so uh, tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on Maholland Overdrive. Uh, well, you can uh, come to our live show. Come to our live show because we have CDs uh, right now. We are we are hoping to uh, get uh, get it pressed on vinyl um, shortly here, but it, vinyl is so backed up these days. Everybody's printing on vinyl, and there's only so many companies that make vinyl. So. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll have that uh, soon ish. But also, uh, but, Spotify, yeah. Apple Music, uh, all yeah. the streaming platforms, yeah, wherever you listen to music, YouTube, we're there, yeah, yeah, anywhere. Your jukebox at your local bar. <laughs> you didn't finish that. I thought you were saying YouTube, and when you said YouTube, uh huh, I thought you. I was like, wait, what? I mean, why am I talking about? Yeah, YouTube? why are you talking about YouTube? <laughs> so you mentioned uh live shows what's what's coming up for you guys well we uh we're actually once we're we're done here we are gonna hit the road we're playing ben loman tonight um henfling's tavern henfling's tavern yeah and then uh and then tomorrow we're playing paso robles uh california coast brewing company beer company beer company uh with uh this band called night jacket uh from from la uh and uh yeah what are, what are some other shows we have coming up we have uh we're playing in Truckee at moody's bistro and beats i think it's called oh yeah uh, we're yeah. playing two nights there at the end of april yeah, and I believe we have a show in San Francisco at Makeout Room. Uh huh. In June. In June. Yeah. We'll probably be back in LA at Harvard and Stone. Yeah. Um, pretty soon. I mean, we're all over the place. Uh, if people look us up on Instagram at the Ragged Jubilee, they can see our whole breakdown. And it's actually just Ragged Jubilee at Ragged Jubilee. You won't be able How to find I? it with the How dare I? See social media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, and our uh, website uh, ragajubilee.com, All of our shows are up there as well. Well, thank you guys for uh, taking a little bit of time out of your day to uh, talk about yourselves and uh, Maholland Overdrive. I have really enjoyed this and really appreciated having you on the show. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Great to meet you, man. Yeah. Right on. Oh yeah. Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifethemicstate.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rodwarton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs>